This episode of Geek Loves Nerd is brought to you by DrawYouAPicture.com, where you can get something drawn by me pretty darn cheap for your business, your family, your ministry, or your grandpa. And GoDaddy.com, where the pod name, where the code, <laughs> pod name 121, can save you on your next domain name. We are professionale. Yes, we are. Geek Loves Nerd. Trying to find something in common since Doing this is Geek Loves Nerd podcast where Jen and I are trying to find something in common since 1996. This is show number 47, brought to you the week of May 29th, 2009, and uh, the code name pod name. <laughs> I just wanted to re rephrase that. Welcome to the show. Uh, my name is James. I'm the geek, and my name's Jen. I'm the nerd. Jen is a mighty fine nerd. Just want to tell you. When you say that, what do you mean? Like um, I'm really good at being a nerd, and you're really hot. Oh, okay. I'll so, take that. Yeah, Jen. Jen put on her for her new bathing suit. Don't talk about that and on she, the podcast. She comes downstairs. I'm working. She's like, "Hey, what do you think of this?" And my word. Do you remember what I said? Uh, no, I don't. Remember. I think I said, "Wow." Oh. Yeah. Not in a bad way. Not like, "Wow." <laughs> wow, you're big. Oh <laughs> how my god. How did you get through the door? <laughs> What happened or, to you? Wow, I didn't know they made bathing suits <laughs> that, with that much cloth. <laughs> no, you're, you're looking good. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. It's oh. my pleasure, really. All those gym workouts are helping me out. Yeah? What'd you say? I can't hear you. I said all those gym workouts. Thank you. Um, The topic today... Oh, by the way, we're sponsored by Dean. Thank you so much, Dean. Thank you, Dean. For your and, continued support. And all your dingo friends. That's right. If you'd like to... Uh, that reminds me of something. But if you'd like to sponsor your own episode of Geek Loves Nerd, you can do so. Go to geeklovesnerd.com, click on Sponsor Show, and for only $5, you can be one of our favorite people. It works out that way. Uh, we usually do our main topic right up front, but uh, I uh, I really... Since you mentioned dingoes, Jen, I, mm-hmm. I really wanted to bring up something that Jackie sent in to us. She okay. writes, I was watching something on Discovery Channel, and mm-hmm. they said there was an estimated 400 million dogs in the world. Just thought you'd like to know. Do you know how many uh, people there are in the world, Jen? How many people 6. are there? 6.9 billion people. You know how many dogs there are? 400 million. You know how many? There are 400 million, and you know who's most? People. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, then the one. Um... No, there's still a lot of dogs. Let's just let's just sit with that for See that was so un, unspecial for me because you our daughter apparently flushed the toilet. <laughs> she did. We could hear it and my my wife is so enthralled with the sound of of a waterfall <laughs> in the I'm pipes. sorry. I thought I thought it would ruin everything. So I couldn't I couldn't move on from it. Yeah. So let me just rephrase that <laughs> okay. and restate it. There is scientifically proof now, scientifical proof. There are more people than dogs. My theory holds up. 
If there yeah, was but... 6.9 billion dogs in the world, there would be dogs everywhere. <laughs> it's true. There would be. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Okay. That I, was my whole starting I argument guess 15 podcasts ago. I was ago. a little bit wrong. Just a little bit, though. I mean, wow. they're really close. And I really don't think the dingo population was properly counted. Oh, really? Yes. How, how, do, you, how do you figure I mean, there's just nobody out there counting the dingoes. So in Australia, there's a giant uncounted pile of dingoes three foot deep. <laughs> exactly. And they're just on top of each other like, oh my gosh, nobody counted us. Exactly. And that might be another million. There might be another million of dingoes. That would be 401 million dogs. <laughs> Doesn't that make That it? would make all the difference. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, I'm sorry, new people. We don't usually do this, but... Uh, the, the, that one's for the veterans. If you know mm. the show, you know this argument, and I want it. So, ha, ha, ha. That really makes me sad, because I really did feel that there were more dogs than people. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I'm glad there aren't, because they would run the earth. That's true. How our, could we feed them all? Our lives would be different. We'd, you, you think the homeless guys begging down on 24 <laughs> Highway are bad? What if there were 15 dogs lined up at every <laughs> intersection? And they would, like, jump at your car if you didn't give them They'd be food. outside McDonald's. on the. You'd have the, the, the lady taking your money on your left, and you'd have three or four dogs up in the window on the right. Like, hey, can we have some fries? <laughs> hmm? It's for the dingoes. Yeah. It's just for the dingoes. Since there's so many of them. All right. <laughs> Enough about feral dogs. Ah, surviving your first year part two. You've waited for quite a while. Yes, yes, first, I have. First, not you. Oh, sorry. The you out there. Uh, first of all, a quick word of why we didn't do part two sooner. We've been really busy. We had yes, the conference to prepare for. Uh, also, it's intimidating. I don't know why I got it in my head that we had to cover everything about the first year. Yeah, because it was a long time ago for us. Well, it, and, and we're not professionals. No, and, we didn't and, really do any of the first year right. <laughs> Yes, we did. What are you even saying? Oh, I'm just... We had... Our, we, first, <laughs> our first year was... was right, can, uh, go ahead. You need to do the show sober, sweetie. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What I'm talking about is we're not professionals. Right. We're not professional marriage therapists. Thank you. Okay. Thank I you for you. trying to complete my thought incorrectly before. But we're <sighs> not... And if you're basing, you know, all of your uh, life on, on our show, then shame on you. Yeah. Shame on you. We don't it's, know nothing. It, we provide a balanced diet. There's Geek mm-hmm. Loves Nerd. Nobody's listening. Gospel of Kennison, my new audio journal, and Children's Ministry Monthly. That is what you should base your life on. The whole. Mm-hmm. Not just one show. No. Yeah. But this is just our life. And this is how we did it. This is the advice that we have. So get your advice from as many places as possible. Not just this one. So the show doesn't have to be all inclusive and all encompassing and all that stuff. It's just our piece of the pie right so now let's just jump right in okay first first point that i want to bring up for and and, and again this is people who are getting married how to survive your first year um just know this you're gonna fight that's right you're gonna fight like you've never fought before and and it's gonna be over stupid stuff and it's gonna make you and because it's over stupid stuff it's gonna make you wonder Where did the magic go? Did I make a mistake? Holy crap, I'm stuck. And for the Christian folks who believe marriage is forever, or even the non-Christian folks that that meant what they said when they committed to this marriage, you're trapped. You feel trapped. It's horrible. Oh my gosh, ah, I can never get out. I'm going to be miserable for the rest of my life. So, you know, just know this. Know that fighting is normal and everybody does it. 
That's right. And if you're not fighting, your relationship is not intimate enough. That's right. Because people are like rocks, Jen. Mm-hmm. People are like rocks. And if you start rubbing two rocks together, they're very rough and they're jagged. And they start wearing each other down over time. But initially, there's going to be a lot of scraping and a lot of noise and a lot of friction until you get stuff smoothed out. So uh, there you go. Fighting is normal. And in our relationship, fighting is normal, period. That's right. Even in year 13. Even, I mean, even every day. Every day. A couple times a day. Fighting. Fighting. Fighting over everything. No, and, and fighting in general, can be really constructive, actually. Yeah. Because it's better... It Well, fighting's probably not as constructive as maybe discussing, but it, it does help iron out the issues that come up. Well, it would be great if you could learn to discuss things rather than fight, but emotions are so high. Everybody has expectations. Mm-hmm. Everybody has the storybook ending in mind. Uh, happily Ever After is what we've been pushed down our throats since Disney. Um, it, it, But it does... It's not that. It's work. Yeah, Marriage and the, there's work. there's a lot of reality when you, you know, practical reality stuff that you encounter when you get married that, um, you know, you just don't think of. You think of the wedding. You think of getting ready for the wedding. You mm-hmm. think of, oh, we have a new place. We can, all this will be fun. But, I mean, it's still, it, it's getting used to someone else's habits. It's living with someone else and nobody is perfect. Well, so you think of the romantic stuff, too. You think, oh, I get to sleep with this person. I get to share a bed and we don't have to go home. Mm-hmm. And, and all this kind of stuff. But your whole relationship has been wrapped up in phone calls and dates and, you know, uh, movies and all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden you're moving into real life. You're sharing finances. You're learning how to sleep in the same bed. Um, you know, you're sharing a sink. You know, it, it, it it's day-to-day practical stuff that you just got to work through. And, and uh, it's a big deal. Do I hear a kid screaming? Yes, you do. All right. We're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. All right, we're back. Um, it was the boy. He was crying randomly. He just does that. Uh, okay, surviving your first year. Point number two. Uh, living conditions. That was your input, so lead on. Um, it's something to really consider before you get married. Obviously, once you're married, it's... it's um, and I think we hit on it in the first podcast, but... But you want to make sure, one, that your plan is not to move in with your parents. Um, bad plan. Mm-hmm. All the way around. Um, or our parents. Don't plan to move in with our parents. <laughs> Very bad plan. <laughs> Thanks, James. Anyway, and um, also don't plan to move in with someone else. Um, it, it's just really important to have your own space. Don't plan to let other people move in with you. You know, like other family members or, you know, just a friend or something. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. It, it just causes a lot of extra stress. It, it, sometimes your household can become one of the most stable places for siblings and friends and family friends. And they, especially if you have younger siblings, and they could see you as a place to go to. Uh, you need your home. Uh, programmers will understand this and game players as a sandbox, a place to experiment, to play to learn, to grow, uh, and you do not need a third person in there, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, so keep keep them away. They don't need to live with you. I, you may need rent money. You don't need it that bad. You need a, a marriage worse. Uh, so, yeah, live the two of you alone without any outside influence inside your house. Um, and the other reason that I, I wrote this down is when we first got married, we moved into a one bedroom apartment, Yep, a very tiny one bedroom apartment. 
And I, I think, you know, if we'd had, if we'd had it to do over again, or, or we could have waited or maybe save more money or whatever, we should have moved into a two bedroom. And we yep. ended up moving, I guess, about six months later. But we had, I mean, it was literally a living room and a bedroom. And the kitchen and living room were all one room. And mm-hmm. there was just nowhere to go. Yep. You were, you know, we went, I think both of us lived by ourselves, or maybe we had roommates. But um, we went from having our own space to having none of our own space. Yep. There was that, nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And the bedroom was small enough to where there wasn't room for a desk or a place to study or anything like that. So it wasn't like we had spe- separate spaces. And uh, once we moved into a two-bedroom, I, I got an office space. Jen had the living room, the, the, you know, the television. She had, the, you know, she had sp- places that she could go. But, yeah, you couldn't watch television without bugging everybody in the entire place. And it just drove us nuts. You couldn't get away. Yeah. And you are going to need your private time. You know, mm-hmm. we're together. We love each other. Move, move, move. Yeah, but you're used to being alone, and you need that time. And, and even 15, you know, 13 years later, still need time yeah. by ourselves. It's just nothing wrong with it. It's just easier. Yeah. Um, so yeah, get get you some space. Uh, I put in there just last minute. Make big decisions together. Um, just just do not go out, especially us men. I, I know the stereotype from the Flintstone days is the women with a credit card go out and run up the credit card. I'm sure there's people like that, but I've also seen men, and I'm going to speak to the men. Go out and and uh, you know even though you're struggling, you go out and you go buy golf clubs or you go buy a video game and and the reason you're doing that is not to be bad. You're doing it so you can feel independent secretly, and you're mostly doing it because you don't want to feel poor. Mm-hmm. And and when if money's tight that first year, you're gonna you're gonna be very tempted to go out and do something that doesn't feel poor. And that is go blow money, but then you're more poor and then you're in trouble and then you have to hide it. And so it's conniving, it's underhanded, it's a lie, it's sneaky. So, you know, but when you're, when we're talking about big decisions, compound that even more. Um, so figure out what the big decisions are, sit down and talk about them. And, and, and when you ain't got no money, everything involving money is a big decision mm-hmm. and communicate, communicate, communicate. Even stuff like, you know, where you're going to live. Don't let just one of you decide that ahead of time. Um, Vehicle purchases, even vehicle purchases before you get married. If you're together and you have a future and you're engaged and you're planning this, uh, you know, you're both going to have to pay those car payments. You know, so this is going to get that debt too. this is all stuff to consider ahead of time. Um, I'd also say keep major changes to a minimum the first year. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, sometimes when we get married we do it i've seen people that do it right before they move to another state to take a job and they didn't want to leave their fiance so they get married and then they go do that and so here's everything that's new you got a new relationship you have a new home and you're away from your family and friends Mm -hmm. and so everything's new you're going to drive yourself insane you're setting yourself up for failure so just plan you know uh keep major changes to a minimum if you can it's just good advice um what do you want what do you want to say about friends Oh, um, just make sure or it it probably isn't automatic when you get married that you have married friends because, you know, you had been single. Probably most of your friends are single. It just kind of depends where you are in life. But, you know, make an effort, I guess, to lean your friendships towards married couples or even other couples. Um, because if you have the tendency to, to each go out on your own, then, then there's more tendency for problems, of yeah. course. Yeah, it, it's just a good idea to go out with people that are, that are married to, to change your friends. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what that means to everybody, but 
you know, guys and gals, you're going out with your friends, you're leaving your husband at home and because you're single friends, it's all the girls or it's all the boys. I, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. You put yourself out there, you're looking like you're single. Um, you're having to deal with things you shouldn't have to deal with. You're talking about things that married folks don't talk about. And, and you're, you're, if your marriage is struggling that first year, as it's probably going to do, being out there with your single friends is going to look a lot uh, it's just going to look very simple and you're going to forget how lonely you were. You're going to forget how much you love that person and you're going to go for what's easy. And, uh, it's better just not to put yourself in that situation. It is hard. It is hard. Um, changing friends. It is, mm-hmm. um, but it is possible. And and you're going to go through it when you have babies too. So yeah, you might as well get used to it. You have to find friends with kids or friends who like your kids. <laughs> yeah. It is hard finding married, mm-hmm. married couple friends because you got to like both of them. I mm-hmm. I do. I can't stand going out with people if I don't like one of them. I could like the dude and not like the lady, but uh, I, neither one can be weird. So <laughs> that's your qualification. That is. It is. I can't find you annoying if we're going to hang out, either one of you. So, um, and I, I think the main thing there too, just so people aren't like, oh, I, I can never talk to my friends. I can never do a girl's night out or whatever. The main idea is to kind of start to build a life together. Start trying to incorporate each other and doing things together. Yeah. Rather than just, you know, leading your life like you're still single. And so. It's, yeah. And some people do that. I, I've heard about that. They get married and then they live separately for a time. Really? Yeah. And it's like, and huh. they, well, they do that because life just didn't allow in their mind for them to do that because they had jobs and they were, you know, uh, dude, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. That's not a real marriage for the love. Just wait to get married. Yeah. Wait for, you know, wait. There's no reason, you know, we'll tax benefits and, you know, we're going to do a ceremony later. No, you won't. Yeah. Do it right. Come on. Take your time. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, this thing about your spouse being your best friend, it's real. It's supposed to be. Yeah. For the love, you got to spend your entire life with them. They better be somebody you can hang out with forever. And uh, yeah, and nobody comes in front of them. Nobody. It's a sacrifice that you make for each other. You're giving up a great friend, possibly, for somebody that's even greater. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do that, then you, you shouldn't be getting married. If your buddies are more important than the mother of your kids, then go out there and hang out with your buddies. Yeah. All right. Uh, sharing space. We talked about that. We hit it on that, but, um, I like, I I like the emphasis here on this point, establishing alone time and together time. Um, some people recharge when they're alone. Some people recharge after a day with other people. Um, you got to figure out what kind of people you are and allow for that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, used to, when I first came home from work, I, I used to get alone time. I don't so much need that anymore. Mm-hmm. But you gave that to me, and and uh, in the evenings after the kids go to bed, short of a podcast, most of the time we're alone. You like your alone time. You like to read. Yeah, and I like do to stuff. Just be able to have my time. But free. then we also, you know, hey, do you want to watch something? Yeah, mm-hmm. and we'll watch a movie or we'll watch a show. So it, it just we've got that worked out after thirteen years. But when that first year comes along, you've got to communicate. You got to find out. Hey, do you want to do something? Well, and don't play the games. Either you do or you don't. If you don't know what you want to do, don't say nothing. Say, I don't know. Let's figure something out. Um, and, and when it comes to dinner and dating, do one of y'all just pick something for real. Because <laughs> you will never fight over anything more than this question. What do you want to go eat? Because <laughs> everybody's got their favorite place. People have killed each other over that <laughs> mm-hmm. question. 
Yep. People have been thrown down the stairs and under buses with that question. So <laughs> just pick a place, okay? Um, fighting. Let's revisit fighting again. Uh, I've got a point that says set limits on how far your fights go. Yeah, basically, um, one one good rule is is never throw around the D word, divorce. Yeah, just don't. It's yeah. just not constructive. You will, but but you, set you a goal to. not to. No, you'll say it. Yeah, but don't try not to. Don't go there. Um, you know, you can't unsay anything any more yeah. than you can unsee something. Uh, it's like toothpaste in a tube. You know, you can squeeze it out real easy, but try to put that toothpaste back in that tube. It ain't going in real easy. At a, if at all, you can't take words back, and and dudes, I can tell you, ladies hold on to them words, man, they do, and you do too, <laughs> you do too, mm-hmm. um, but they really do because they because what you say about them is important. They've wrapped up part of their emotional life in you, and that's the part that you get, and that's a treasure, and do not abuse it. No matter how bad they hurt you. You're going to want to hurt them back. And this is for both of us. That's what fighting is, is when somebody says something hurtful that pushes a button. And so I'm going to hurt you back. And it's not so much to hurt you back. It's to show you how bad that hurt me. Mm-hmm. And that's why, men, you, you wonder, why in the freak is she going crazy? It's because that's how bad it hurts or that's how much it bothers her. It doesn't make sense to you. And you're like, why are you freaking out? Well, quit asking those questions. And just accept this makes her that upset. doesn't have to make sense. Don't try to figure it out. Just accept it and operate on that. Um, but setting limits how far your fights go. Find out, you know, I don't know. Don't talk about divorce. You know, leaving's not an option. Find out what it is, okay? If you have issues with your parents, bring that in the relationship and say, look, my mom used to do this. Uh, my mom used to leave when she gets mad. So please, no matter how mad we get, you cannot leave. You can't leave. Please don't don't leave me. We don't have to talk. We can go in other rooms, whatever, whatever. But don't leave. It freaks me out. That kind of stuff. Whatever it is. Set limits on how far your fights go. Um, let's talk about the big G. God? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, you know, God is, is central in any relationship. Um, some people don't choose to believe that. And they suffer as a result. Uh, we believe marriage is ordained by God, in other words, set up by Him. Uh, he put Adam and Eve together. Uh, whether you believe in that literally or, or figuratively, God created man and woman to become one. Uh, and, and it's an important thing to include God. People do it, and they, they, they invite Him to the, uh, the wedding, but it's time to invite Him to the marriage. And, and working on God in a relationship and your relationship with Him is just as scary as trying to introduce them to your kids. We we talked about that in a couple shows back. You know, to have a healthy relationship, you know you need to communicate with each other. You know you need to go on dates with each other. Um, to, to stay healthy, you know you need to prepare good foods and hold down on the snacks. I mean, almost every part of your relationship you feel comfortable about. Comfortable about, but when it comes to praying together or praying for something or even suggesting verses or scriptures, it, it either comes out like you don't want to do it because you feel stupid, um, or feel unprepared uh, or unable, or it comes across as an attack. You know, the Bible says, blah, 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 blah. And mm-hmm. well, yeah, okay, fine. Um, but the important thing about a relationship with God is simply doing what He would want you to do as a start. Reading the Bible if you don't know what He's wanting and just doing that. 
The Bible has a lot to say about relationships, what love is and what love, love isn't, how husbands are supposed to treat their wives, how wives are supposed to, here's that horrible word, submit to their husbands. Now, I'm not a, I'm not a, a Southern <laughs> man here, but here's my definition, and here's the understanding Jen and I have of that concept of submitting, wives submitting to your husbands. If the man is doing his job, meaning loving his family, loving his wife as Christ loved the church, willing to give his life for her. If he's putting her first, 100%, serving her, meeting her needs, being kind and patient and loving, if he is treating her with respect and demanding his children do the same, if he's building her up with his friend, to his friends, if he's providing a life for her, and, and all these kinds of things, what woman wouldn't want to submit to that? So it's not submitting in a subservient way. It's submitting as in giving up. Like when a man brings a, a sweepstakes check to your door and you submit to it and you say, yes, I'll, I'll receive that. I'll take that. So that's my understanding of that concept. I'm not, I'm not the, the Southern dude with the billboard on the side of the road saying, yeah, wives are supposed to submit to their husbands. No, that's my understanding of it. And that's how Jen and I operate. Uh, we do discuss things together and all that kind of stuff. So point being, um, God has set up marriage. He has a good idea for it. He has a great plan for it. It makes sense to include the man or the, the God, the person, uh, in in the relationship. If you could imagine a triangle in front of you, uh, at the top point would be God. On the left side, the man. The right side of the bottom point, the woman. Did you um, say the bottom point? Yeah. Oh, never mind. I'm Thank sorry. you so much. Uh, it's not a diamond. It's a triangle. <laughs> but anyway, at the top point is God. The left bottom is man. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And the right bottom is uh, the lady. Instead of moving closer to each other, and ignoring God, that's one way to do it. You move towards each other. Imagine the man and the wife both moving up the triangle towards God. As they focus on him and what they're supposed to be doing, uh, church, Bible reading, prayer, uh, making decisions based on his guidance and, and what he's told us to do in his word, they're actually moving closer to each other as well. And uh, so there you go. I, I, I truly believe that love is not enough to keep a marriage together, especially that first year. It's not enough. Love, is, nine times out of ten, you know, Morpheus had it right. It's a series of feelings and a series of sensations that, that are triggered in your brain. A, a real commitment, a relationship needs something stronger than what we have to keep it together. Statistics prove that I'm right. Mm -hmm. um, you need God. You need God in there. You need love beyond yourself, uh, patience beyond your own. You need understanding and insight beyond what humans are capable of, and that's what God provides. So even if you're a non-Christian, listen to this. I urge you to investigate the claims made by Jesus Christ. All right? You've <laughs> investigated just about everything else in high school, so check it out. Don't don't look at your friends or your or your Christian people around you. I mean, if you find somebody that makes sense and has got their head screwed on straight, yeah, drill them, ask them. But uh, do it for yourself. Find out what God has to say to you. And if it's wrong, if if you, if he doesn't respond, if you put him on the wire and he doesn't respond, let me know because I am in the wrong business. And I, need, <laughs> I, I would sometimes love to go just do artwork for a living. So there you go. Um, we referenced this earlier, point number eight. Uh, about f when we're talking about friends, why don't you hit on that? And take a um, sip. The main thing, our point is depend on one another. Um, basically, like I said before about the friends, it, your job is to start building a life together. That means you're 
communicating with each other with big decisions. It means you're having, you know, friendships where you're both involved. And it also means, you know, not leaning on your family like you did. Yep. Um, especially the, the women. This is a big deal most of the time because, um, you know, by nature, women women usually cling to their family a lot more. So the, it's harder when you get married to not rely on them. But, you know, don't go running home to mom and dad when things don't go well or, yeah. or you or run into a phone. problem. Yeah. yeah try, work it out amongst yourselves. Yes, please do. But yeah, just in general, don't involve other people in your in your major in your big fights and problems. Yeah, we've said this before, but when you guys get in a fight and you say all these different things, you can say them to each other, and then later you kiss and make up and everything's great. But if you had told all that, or if somebody you know, if you told that to a to your spouse's husband, uh, father, or mother, if they had heard it, you know, in the next room because they live upstairs, <laughs> yeah, and, and you're in their basement, uh, they don't forget that stuff ever. Ever, right. ever, ever. And they will hold it against your spouse for life. And you will hate it later, and they will hate it. And it will make grandparenting hard. It'll make family reunions hard. So keep your junk indoors. Don't air out your laundry, even with your sister uh, or brothers or whoever it is. Um, rely on each other. Learn to do that. Force yourself to do it. it it's what makes a relationship work. It really is. Uh and, and what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So, right. uh, over-communicate every stinking thing. Please, ladies, please, please, please. We are not psychics. <laughs> We're we, not. And we, we don't know how to hear anything. You have to assume we don't know at all what you told us last week. You can't. you got to tell us. Email us. Text us. Remind us the day before and the day of. <laughs> and five minutes before so we can shower. Everything... Communicate, communicate, communicate. And men, that goes double for you, Dad Gummit, because you think you've said it and you hadn't said it. So, um, you know, don't make plans without her. Say, hey, yeah, I'd love to do that, but let me find out. Don't invite people to your house without letting your wife know. Ask yes. her permission. Give her like a week in because advance. Because you don't <laughs> care about the underwear on the floor in the in the uh, bedroom, but she does. Mm -hmm. Let her know and then be willing to clean. Because even though it looks spotless, she's going to want to clean it again. <laughs> and again and again, every part. But, you know, even stupid stuff, but stuff in your brain. Don't say nothing's wrong. Something's wrong. Even if you don't know what it is, say that. It drives me nuts. It really, really does. And if you love us, don't say nothing. Say, I don't know. <laughs> uh, something I heard a while back, too, that was really good. Um, instead of saying, you know, you've done this or you've done that, you could, you could actually say in a fight... Uh, and we need to do an episode on fighting. Uh, when you do this, it makes me feel blank. Mm. That's a great way to do it. It's not attacking. Yeah. And it lets people know. And it explains why you're acting the way you're acting. Yeah, because somebody's going to say something to you and, and you know, your, your husband or your wife, and you're going to respond, and you're going to think they knew how bad it hurt. Your default is going to be, they did that to hurt me this much, and then you're going to rifle back. But how much better would it be to say, you know what, when you say that, it makes me feel blah. And then, ooh, you know. So are you trying to hurt my feelings? Huh? Uh, number 10. 
take lots of pictures. Yeah, I put that in. Just, just That's a minute a good ago. One. I thought you'd like that. Yeah. Because we don't have hardly any pictures of, of us before no. kids. No. And, and, you know, some of my favorite pictures of my family back in the day were the pictures of my parents when they were young, before mm-hmm. us. Because I just couldn't even fathom that there was a life outside of us. You know, you just yeah. think, you, you, kid, you know, the life that the world began when you were born. And uh, so, yeah, take lots of pictures. It'll be an excuse. Take that camera with you everywhere. Digital cameras are so much smaller than the beast we had to carry around. We didn't even have a digital camera no, when we got married. but I'm talking about the... <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was just terrible, the disc camera. No, I never owned one of those, but my mom I did. did. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. That, that was technology that just went on and on and on. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. It was... You can't even right imagine. with a Rubik's Cube. I hear the kid again, but let's ignore him. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, take lots of pictures. Go places and take lots and lots of pictures. No naked ones. No. Gosh. They'll come back. They'll they'll come back and haunt you. We're not speaking from experience, (laughs) but they still will. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, Uh, especially digital now nowadays. Yeah, nobody took naked pictures back when you had to process them through a through a place. But uh, nowadays, I I hear about that junk, and uh, that junk's going to end up on the internet. I'm going to just tell you that Mm -hmm. right now. Whatever you take a picture of will be on the internet, especially if you're fighting. That could really go. Well, yeah. How many how many pictures are there probably out there of people's ex girlfriends and boyfriends mm-hmm. that they just despite them? That's that. Ugh. You just yeah. got to know that junk's going on. All right. Um, the last one, our last point was something Jen and I both came to is uh, don't just endure your first year. Don't just try to get through it. Don't be like buckle down and, and you know there is an element of that, but don't just do that. Try to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Really treasure that first year. Make it. Make sure it's something that you're going to look back on and you've grown from, even if it stinks. Make the best of it because it's going to be the foundation for the rest of your marriage. That's right. And it's going to be time without kids that you're going to oh. look back and think, why didn't we do more? <laughs> why, didn't we, why didn't we get season passes to Disney when we lived in Lakeland? I don't know. We were poor. But we could have found the money. We should have not bought a house. We should have just gotten season passes to Disney. We hated apartment living. Yeah, we did. Oh, hated it. Oh, hated it. But we should have just gotten over that and bought season passes to there, Disney. There was no getting over it. You were psychopathic. <laughs> I, we had a loud child above us. I could handle it. Jen couldn't. Oh. Jumping on my head. Oh, it was so noisy. <sighs> and now having a kid, I totally understand. Well, yeah, you can't control a child. You can't. No. It was insane. But and it was like we an eight-year-old sin- boy, and it was. Uh, when we were little, we or when we were younger, we just we thought, you know, why doesn't she make him stop? You know, yeah. Well, you can't. They they move all the time. Mm-hmm. They just do and that. jump and climb and yep. dance and yeah. Uh, hey, let's do an Ask Jen question real quick. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to our topic, people. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any input, of course, you can email us at uh, geeklovesnerd at gmail.com or call us at 600... Uh, wait, wait, wait. Two, what is our... Yeah, 206 We don't get enough voicemails, so send it in. Uh, ask Jen real quick. Here we go. We know James wants to go to some type of convention, be it gaming or comic conventions. My question is, would would you go with him... And if so, in what costume? <laughs> take care, Chris. So um, take that as two <clears throat> questions. Would you go with me to a comic book or gaming convention? The only way I would go. Or a go, podcast convention. Okay, the only way I would go is if it were like somewhere near a beach mm. and you could do your convention and I could go to the beach. What about Las Vegas? What if um, it was in Vegas? If it was a really nice You'd hotel. You'd have to come with me just to keep 
you know. To keep the strippers away. Wow. I'm just kidding. Wow. I was going to say, just so nobody would say I oh, went out there and did anything, I would have a Vegas. witness. Yeah. Because I wouldn't, but there'd always be, hey, you went to Vegas, man. <laughs> What's, what, what happens, what happens in, in Vegas, Vegas stays in Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> There you go. I don't. Um, know. Yeah, they have some really awesome hotels. So if we were at a nice hotel, mm-hmm. no kids, mm-hmm. I would just go to the pool all day. What if we got killed? If we got killed, then that would be our last convention. Mm. No, I was just thinking about CSI Las Vegas. Oh, the did they have one? No, how that they don't have the tagline. It's just CSI. Yeah, it's the original. Yeah, Grissom could help us. Out. Um, and I would dress up as nothing. So you wouldn't wear a costume? I would never wear a costume to anything. I don't even dress up for Halloween parties. I would never. You're so emphatic. Never. Never wear a costume. Uh. And if you wore a costume, Mm. there'd be some serious marital issues. I, um, I seem to remember that you, in fact, did wear a costume at one point at a church play. A church play. Yeah, a church play back in Macon, Georgia called he- uh, Hell's Gates. <laughs> My angel costume. Like Jen wore an angel costume, okay? Now, you think of an angel costume, a white robe and a halo, right? You know, some wings. It had wings sewn where the sleeves would go. No hands poked through. Jen looked like a giant a skinny chicken. chicken. <laughs> Thanks. It was a robe and these chicken wings. It was an ugly costume. It was horrid. Why didn't the angels have arms? I don't know. <laughs> they had to hold up the wings, and so that's what she did. She stood up there the entire hour and a half. Uh, it was horrible, and they tried to convince you how important the angel part was. Yeah, it, it was wasn't. Bull. It was bull. You and were a glitter-faced they giant chicken. They could have put pictures of angels. They could have projected pictures of angels up there, and it would have been just as good. They could have had cardboard cutouts and a pull string. Mm-hmm. You know, there the hands go up. There the hands go down. Yeah. It was so, horrible. Yeah. That was the funny, oh, that was when I really fell in love with my mentor, David Godbout, in mm-hmm. a platonic way. No homo, as the kids say. Because uh, the guy that was running that thing was a real jerk. And he was, uh, David was helping him put some stuff together. And uh, he noticed that this uh, plastic was black on one side, silvery on the other. And the black was showing and it wasn't supposed to. And so Dave, Dave's going, uh, you know, is this supposed to go like this? And the guy Dave says, is this supposed to go like this? And the guy says, I've been doing this play for 17 years. I think I know how it goes. And David just says, so is it supposed to go like this? (laughs) (laughs) I would have gotten all offended. I'd have been mad. I'd have stomped off. Dave got out just like, hey. (laughs) Please answer my question. (laughs) Yes. He was Seinfeld before Seinfeld was Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about him. So, yeah. Uh, here's another Ask Jen question. Hello. I have greatly enjoyed your podcast. Thanks for your sharing, humor, and wisdom. A lot of what you discuss comes down to using plain common sense. Absolutely. That's about all we got. Yep. As a pastor's wife for over 20 years, I wanted to ask Jen about her experience. What has been your experience as a pastor's wife with the expectations of the church members on you and your family? Also, did it take much of an adjustment between you and James in figuring out your role with the congregation? Thanks, Carol. I want to answer this. Okay. You guys need to go to uh, Children's Ministry Monthly, cmmonthly.com. I'm going to look it up for you right here in real time. Um, we did a whole show on this, and, and and it's not one that we did on Geek Loves Nerd, even though it probably should have been. But uh, we did an entire show called The Pastor's Wife over on uh, cmmonthly.com. 
and I'm going to see if I can find it for you real quick. But uh, And um, just to answer your question yeah. short, uh, we're at a big church, um, what, 14 pastors or something like that? 16, 15, 16. 16. I don't know. We, we, we lose one every now and then. I'm one of many pastors' wives, so I don't think there's near as much on me that there would be if there was only like one or two in and a I'm church. And I'm just the kids' pastor. I'm the yeah. low guy on the totem pole. But um, so I don't have a ton of expectations placed on me. Nope. Um, actually, very little. And um, she brings the donuts. I don't bring any donuts. <laughs> but um, and, and we discuss it a lot on the, the podcast. But um, basically, you know, as far as my role, James basically leaves she me open. The roles. Do you want me to answer the question or not? Do you want me to get hostile? Okay, don't. <laughs> <laughs> What she's trying to say is, oh my goodness. I let her do whatever she wants. And that's what I do. And I support her. And I defend her. And uh, I, I told her simply, if anybody gets in your face, tell them, go talk to Pastor James. Mm-hmm. And that's a great thing. It's a magic word. Because they'll come to your wife when they're too wimpy to come talk to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode 11. It was uh, put out on January 25th, 2009 over at com. all one word. Uh, the children's pastor's wife. And... Um, it, I just interview her, and I talk about transition into ministry, church expectations, and the way uh, we pastor, and uh, how we can protect our spouses as they support us. And uh, there's all kinds of good stuff in there. So uh, go over there and check that out. Even if you're not uh, you know, interested in the answer to that question, that's a, a lot of insight into how Jen and I work together outside of this podcast and outside of the house. That's right. So, uh, Carol, thanks for uh, asking that question. We got some E and V mails real quick. Let's do them. All right. Here's a voicemail. I don't know who it's from, so here we go. Hey, this is Chris uh, from it's Massachusetts. Chris. I just wanted to tell you guys that uh, I'll for this message is actually for Geek Loves Nerd. Uh, listening to nobody's listening tonight uh, and heard the new promo for Geek Loves Nerd. Fantastic! What a great, what a great back and forth between you and Jen. Uh, really, really good promo. I hope you get that out there on a lot of podcasts. Um, keep up the good work. You guys rock. You're part of my every week, all of your shows. Um, and for Children's Ministry Monthly, I'm also a children's minister. Um, I just wish that uh, you guys were putting out a few more shows mm. a little more often. I really, really like them, uh, and I've pointed them out to a lot of friends as well so keep up the good work on all fronts uh loving the shows bye hey scott thanks man uh he's talking about the promo we put together a couple months ago mm, it's I new to him i just played it on nobody's listening for the first time so i don't know that i've heard it have i yeah you you remember when you recorded it you heard it then mm. and uh it's really cool we come back and it's the one about you know i'm a gamer i'm a wife i'm a husband i'm a mother you know that that one Oh. And then at the end you say, peace out, home skillet. Mm, I do remember cool. that. Because it's always tricky into saying something funky. Oh. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, about Children's Ministry Monthly. I don't know. I thought about canceling the show. <laughs> and uh, recently, believe it or not, God has confirmed that I'm not supposed to. There's just been a lot of uh, feedback like yours randomly out of nowhere. And uh, we're going to actually be recording uh, Dave and I uh, this Sunday night. So oh. FYI, Jen. Thank you. Yeah. Over communicating <laughs> every last Sunday. All right, uh, but we didn't do it last week because I was sick. Or last month I was sick. I just wasn't oh, feeling that's good. Right. 
So, um, I was here's a voicemail or an email rather. I was watching something on the Discovery Channel, and I was going to tell you that you already read this. <laughs> Hi, James and Jen. I just discovered Geek Loves Nerd after following the Nobody's Listening podcast for some time, and it's so awesome to hear all your good advice on marriage. My boyfriend and I have been dating for about three years. We're talking about getting engaged sometime uh, in the next year or two. We really appreciate all the advice you gave in part one, and we look forward to hearing more of it on part two. Keep up the great work. Thanks for all you do. The best, Mel. So there you go. I hope you like part two. Hey, James. I am I am love episode 44 of Geek Loves Nerd. I think it's okay to tell kids some things, like Thunder is Angels Bowling. Oh, episode 44 was uh, Weaving God into your family. Mm. Yeah, parents as pastors. She thinks it's okay to t- tell your kids that Thunder is Angels Bowling. And that has helped me a lot. Yes, I am uh, somewhat afraid of thunder, so the image of angels bowling still helps me. I know, I now know that that's something to do with static electricity from a science angle. Uh, that is so cool, but I prefer angels bowling. <laughs> I don't see it as lying. It's just as long as you explain the scientific angle as well. Also, please. That's a good idea. <laughs> she also wants us to uh, sign a petition. This is from Kathleen Storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kathleen, I, I, you know, I don't know. I'm torn because I don't. I wouldn't do that, except as a joke, maybe. Um, but I have also gone to great lengths to make sure my daughter believes in Santa Claus. So, yeah, that's you know, true. I don't know. Here, I, I think that's the wonderful thing about being parents is you can you can do whatever you want. Uh, I don't know that a kid can understand the scientific principles behind thunder and lightning. What a kid needs to know about thunder and lightning is it's it's not going to hurt them. Right. And uh, that you're going to protect them, unless the lightning strikes the house, and yeah. the house catches on fire. Yeah, and and you know, but we don't really tell our kids. That. That's why Jen doesn't really talk to the children <laughs> at really night. Parent. After ten thirty, I kind of block her from any of the explanations. If the kids have bad <laughs> dreams, you know, you know, I we have a friend Jen that mm. is scared to death. Period. As an adult, because she went to her father, and he was much like you, apparently, and she said, I, "Daddy." I saw green lights outside of my window. You know, it's probably nothing. You know, maybe reflections of a toy, you know, from the glass, Mm -hmm. but looked like. And he goes, oh, those were probably night vision goggles. (laughs) And so, and and then he just walks away. He never changed it. He never told her he was Mm. joking. And so for the rest of her life, she's been scared. There's people outside her windows looking in. Mm, So, yeah, that's why you don't say that kind of crizzle to your kids. But I still maintain that in explanations, it's better to just... Give them what they need. They don't need to hear that angels are bowling. Because <laughs> it's not true. What if and, and, and a truly creative kid like me would be like, well, what if they drop a bowling ball on our head? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'd imagine they'd be gigantic. Yeah, I always think of the angels as being gigantic, too. And that's you know, not comforting. I've also heard God is moving his furniture. Yeah. And and that one, nah. It's still big furniture. Yeah. It's still kind of scary. What's he doing moving furniture when there's all this noise going on? <laughs> I know. I need some help. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, why uh, kids don't want to know why. They want to know how, uh, you know, what you're doing for them. And, mm-hmm. and that, you know, it's a big loud noise and that's all it is, you know, and it's, it's, it's lights and that's all it is. And if it hits, um, they're not going to be asking questions. Why is the house on fire, mommy? <laughs> it's just going to be get me out of here and protect me. So, you know, whatever. Uh, hey, Jen, thanks to you and James for reading my email about a friend, Tim, and his chickens. Okay, this has been a few podcasts back. I need to clarify something, though. Most of the time, I identify myself as Fred from Long Island. I think I forgot to do that last time, so maybe you remembered I live in New York State. But I don't live in New York City. First of all, there are people who raise chickens in New York City. Second, 
I don't live in New York City. Long Island is about 120 miles long, and it includes two boroughs of New York City, Queens and Brooklyn. Uh, but there are two counties which are separate, and that's really nice. And so, yeah, he re- he raises chickens. So there you go. Um, Just a little sidebar on yeah. that. Um, I saw on the news that there were some people raising chickens in Johnson County, mm-hmm. which is a county near us. Yeah. And you have to get a special permit for raising chickens. And they did grant him his permit. He wanted to raise chickens mm-hmm. to uh, get eggs. Mm-hmm. They did grant it. But, yeah, you it, apparently you can't just start raising chickens in the metropolitan area. No, it's... At least here. You, you, need, to, you need to get permission. Yeah, it's, it's like immigration. You start getting all these chickens, they're going to start taking jobs. <laughs> they're going to need medical care. And they're not paying taxes. Well, no, I, I think the neighbors actually were kind of upset about the chickens. I bet they are in Johnson County. Hoity-toity county. Well, if someone started raising chickens in our neighborhood, I wouldn't be real happy either. Mm-mm, not at all. Well, I'd call the, call the HOA. Mm-mm-mm. Well, anyway, that's our show for this week. Thank you so much for writing in and calling in, those of you that did. Check out our website at geeklovesnerd.com. Uh, go to our forums and visit our forums family. It's so awesome, and there's so many people just <laughs> like you. nobody on our forums family, are there? Jen? Oh, are you talking about animal... Do the show sober. That's the one request I have. Uh, I'm sorry. The forums, Jen. I thought <laughs> just you, you were don't joking. ever. There are hundreds of people on the forums. I thought you were talking about. Like, we have a forums family. I was being very literal. I, I'm so confused. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. we I'll don't shut up. have a family. <laughs> you sorry. and I are fighting forever. I'm sorry. Good night. Let me do my job. <laughs> Would you like to finish it out? Check us out. <laughs> on iTunes. <laughs> it's rad. Geek Loves Nerd is where you can email stuff uh, at gmail.com. Uh, do that. Show suggestions, questions for Jen. You know, ta- make sure you put Ask Jen in the subject line or uh, or Aggravate James is a new segment we should start <laughs> where Jen can just say things that push my buttons. Um, Sorry for the buttons. That's okay. Uh, Jenna saw me with my shirt off the other day and she. She said, I can see your buttons. <laughs> it was embarrassing. I got embarrassed. Did you really? I really did. I, it's wow. so hard to embarrass me, but I was silently embarrassed. Wow. She called them buttons. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you can phone us, 206-650-704. So do that. We want to hear from every single one of you this week. Okay? Yes, we do. <laughs> Until next week, uh, God bless you. And uh, Jen? I loved you. I don't like you at all. Wow. Fighting. That's what fighting. we're doing. Fighting. Next episode, if there still is an us. <laughs> is how to fight. It's how to fight. All right. Let's, let's show them. Let's show them right now. I loved you. I loved you too. Once. So one day. Never. Never really. Hate. Ooh, chicken. <laughs>